everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Level Up Cleveland. And this week we have the guys from Fatback Mango, mm-hmm. and we actually have all the guys here from Fatback. There's just, there's actually a five guys. We're going to do three now, and in a little while we're going to bring a couple of other guys in here and uh, finish off the uh, interview with the rest of the guys. Nice. But for now, I'll introduce who we got here right now. I have on guitar Tom Zubel. Yep. And we have on auxiliary drums and basically the lead vocalist of the band, Chris Coca. Thanks, sir. And our drummer is Eric Vogt. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to have a conversation with these guys for a little while about uh, about the band. Really, right? That's yeah, it. Man. Yeah, man. Um, I want us to actually start off because uh, Tom and I have uh, mutual friends, and he doesn't. I don't think he knows who they are. He might. But... They, they, I got a lot of questions. Those are the best kind. I wanted to actually just start off asking you some of the questions. Um, and then I'll mention who it is because he'll love to have his name mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, your first band was a band called Silver Arrows. Oh, man, you're going way back. <laughs> <laughs> Correct? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and um, tell me a little bit about Silver Arrows. Anything you can think of. Is it- well, I think I was approximately nine years old or so or 11 years old. And uh, <laughs> I would lug my, my guitar and amp over to my buddy's house three doors down, and we would uh, smash out some songs. And our other buddy, who I think named the band, who's I'm getting the hint that you know that guy. <laughs> Uh, you know, he wanted to be the manager at that age. Oh, yeah, that sounds like To this like day, he still sort of is the manager yeah. of, of other projects with which I'm involved. Yeah, promoter, for sure. Total promoter. He's, he's a movie. You know who it is. I do. Um, <laughs> he also said to ask you about uh, Thomas Aquinas Zubel. Yes. Um, and you're another Glenn Schwartz guy, which we've had a couple other Glenn Schwartz guys on here yes. before. Where, um, he said, definitely ask you about your Glenn Schwartz story. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure what you want to know. Well, I mean, first uh, I, of all, how you discovered Glenn. I discovered Glenn in 1997 or 98 because uh, he was on the cover of Scene Magazine. Oh. And I said, what is this? I've heard about this guy for my first 27 years of life. And I finally went to check him out. And when I walked in that Thursday night with my friend, I turned to him after two minutes and said, this is the most amazing, exciting music I've ever heard in my whole life. Yeah, it is. This is the greatest guitar playing. I've been playing guitar since I was nine years old. Uh, it just floored me, and ever since that moment, I was I would pretty much go every Thursday. And then you ended up getting to meet Glenn. And, and I came pretty close with Glenn. He's, he's Our band backed him up once, and uh, I've sat in with him at Hooples a few times. Oh, yeah, you got to play with him. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some video of that out there, but uh, it was really an honor to, to be uh, close with Glenn. As, I mean, I'm not super close, but to be part of his, his yeah. life, really, and have him in my life. All right, so stop, stop, stop. What happened? Are you pulling the chair away? Is it squeaking? Yeah. Which one is it? This one here. This one? Yeah. Just stand up oh. for a second. Yeah, it just has. It's it. We gotta, fi- we, we gotta fix that. How's that? That's good. That was a good time right. to cut, actually, too. Cool. All right. So let me just say that I think the front we both know is uh, Gary Jester. Yes. So what's up, Gary? How you doing? Yep. It was you. Yeah, he gave me a whole bunch of stuff here to go over <laughs> well, with you, but, to, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I just, I just want. I just thought it was funny. He, he. It, it, every time you guys, uh, one of the other bands you play with over there at with Bleachers. Yeah, Bleachers. And when you guys are playing, it's like my phone just. He's always letting me know. Come, 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 come up. I actually did come up and see you guys once. I actually have seen oh, you play before. Um, but one thing about you guys is that it's a collection of you. 
Like you're like the guitar guy, but everybody in this band is exceptional at what they're doing. It's, you know, uh, 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 Luke Fitzwater, who was from Camel Butter, you know, that's one of the best keyboard players I see around. Yeah, I definitely anywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He's one of the better guys I, I, I see do that. And, and you're one of the better guitar players that I see around. You come from that whole Parma yeah. thing that happened. I don't know what was in the water at Parma at one time, Martini, you. Um, uh, there's a whole bunch, the whole terror thing, yep. the whole thing that came out with the mushroom head right. thing. That's all yep. Parma stuff. And that's when we were in, when we were in junior high and high school in the, in the eighties and you know, late eighties, uh, everybody was so deep into music. All the guys were so deep into guitar players, drummers, whatever. And they all started bands and you know, yeah. it was really a, a heavy scene. Like you pointed out. Yeah. There was a lot of bands. A mystic was another one. Yeah. Mystic. Sure. Yeah. And then, um, but you guys are like not just you know. Is anyone else even from Parma? I mean, it's it's like you guys are from all over the place, right? So yeah, like I'm originally from Maryland. I grew up there, and I went to school at Youngstown State, and then I graduated there like in '96. And then um, I had a friend of mine who I moved up here, uh, <laughs> who now works for the FBI. Um, <laughs> but uh, I moved up in Cleveland like in '98, and then um, you know in Maryland. It was also like a heavy music scene that I was in. I don't know if you ever heard of these bands, but like one was Jimmy's Chicken Shack. They got signed by Island Records. Like their first album went gold in like 95, pushing the Salmonoma envelope, I think it was called. I jammed with a bunch of those guys. Uh, I had a friend of mine, Ruben Dobbs, who went on to do a band called Swamp Candy. He did that for like 10 years. He was on the road up and down the East Coast. He'd go do stuff in the U.K., for like a month, month and a half at a time. He'd go over there, had gigs, but try to get more, come back to the States. Um, and then there was a place that we all kind of hung out in our senior year. This guy's name was Chuck something. His parents died, left him this huge mansion, and all these bands were there. And like you can go in one room, and it would be like P-Funk. It would be... Um, you know, Miles Davis, the next room would be all hardcore, like Dead Kennedys and all that kind of stuff. Another room would be Santana. And so you really got to, like, go in there and just jam with a whole bunch of different people, learn how to improvise, learn how to, you know, all yeah. that stuff. So it was a really great kind of collective thing that was going on. This is late 80s. Yeah, late 80s, too. And and so you're the singer of the band, the primary singer mm -hmm. of the band. You guys kind of trade vocals. Most yeah. bands have an, a guy, another guy that can help out with the vocals, but right. you're the primary guy. Do you start off as a singer and then eventually do the do the auxiliary type drum, uh, you know, the bagos and all the stuff that's going on? I try to like figure out what I got to play. Well, actually, I try to figure out what I want to sing first, and then once I figure out how to phrase it and lyrics and all that stuff. Then I'll go back and try to figure out what congas to play because when I'm playing, like I always feed off Eric. Like when he's hitting a snare, I don't want to be doing a slap. You know, I want to make sure everything's balanced out so you can hear him and you can hear me. Right. And our parts don't overlap. That's kind of how I approach conga playing. Is that the, is that the key to that instrument though? Is to just kind of fill out the 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 silence without yeah without being overly like right. percussive yeah you don't want to like when he's doing something I don't want to be like and doing some right. crazy ass fill <laughs> right. you know, how, did, like, how, how did that go <laughs> okay know? I just so, thank you but, uh, but you know you have to yeah it's it's all about you know, it's pocket you know like you got to listen to what else is going on in the song like I don't want to riff 
when Fred's doing his thing or when Luke's doing his thing or when Tom's doing his thing either. So you just kind of have to lay back and then you'll have your time to kind of like shine, so to speak. You know, there's plenty of time for that. But there's there's one song we do called No No. All I do is play a guero. That's all. And sing a little part and he sings most of it. But when we were doing that song, that song doesn't need congas. It doesn't need anything else. Right. But that's what you have. That's what I have to like when I listen to all this stuff. That's what we have to. That's what I do. It's my approach is like sometimes less is more, man. Right. Sometimes so you're we, managing this whole situation. You're saying yes here, no there, yeah. and, and when it's good, when it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's just as important to say no in a place right. as it is the no oh, way yeah. to do it. The worst thing is, is like I hate when I listen to myself playing congas on something and it sounds like I'm falling down the stairs. <laughs> you know? That's like when I hear something like that, I'm like, that's messed up. I got to cut that out. I'm like, I can't do that. Anymore. It just it sounds, sounds like out of just whack. Yeah. Just like boom, 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 right. Yeah. Boom. It just sounds, yeah. It sounds like a, it just sounds bad. Basically, if I'm falling down, if I'm, if I'm listening to a playback and I'm falling down the stairs, I think I'm doing that playing congas that, that gets cut. <laughs> so, so like even, even all you guys in this, but, but I guess in, in the playing a conga type thing like that, where do you, where do you pull influence from something like that? Do you have to listen to like Indian uh, uh, music for, or, or, or music where congas are, are, are to, to kind of get a feel for how to do all that? Or yeah. is it instinctive more? No, I mean, I took... I took lessons, so to speak, when I when I first started doing the Cleveland Drum Circle. That's how I got into conga playing because I'm 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 first and foremost I'm a drummer, you know, like I'm a kid. Um, and then I started going to the drum circle. That's how I met Eric. Um, and I had these congas, and I was just ignorant to them. Like, really didn't know the history, didn't know really how to play them. My wife got them for me like ten or so, like at the time, like ten or so years ago. And they just sat in my basement because I didn't really didn't know how to play them. Right. So then I, you know, was out of work and I'm like, well, I got no excuses now, you know, I better, let's go learn something. Right, so, right. And then the guy, Daniel Rodriguez, who goes to drum circle still, he was given that summer like free Latin rhythm lessons. So I'm like, man, I'd be a fool not to jump on this, you know? So I started and he started teaching me some stuff. Then I listened to like Giovanni Hidalgo, Mongo, uh, Santa Maria, um, Paoli Mejias, I think his name is for place for Santana. Now these guys are just sick. Right, right. And they've like Giovanni Hidalgo's played with like Steely Dan, Eric Clapton. He's played with like a shitload of people. Right. Um, and then, you know, Mongo Santa Maria did really did his thing in like in the early uh late sixties, early seventies. But the funny thing was is like when they, anybody ever asked him how he did his stuff, he's like, I don't know, it's just all instinct. He's like, I just play. That's all I do. So you found like the the the, the better versions of what you do and mm -hmm. and just kind of watch them and try to yeah. try to pull from those guys the, the uh, i mean what you what you guys are even doing here because you guys are so involved in other stuff also right, Is, right. are you guys are you guys all involved in other things yeah i, yeah, I think so <laughs> everybody <laughs> yeah. is yeah. right yeah yeah so when that happens my, one of the things i always wonder is what makes you guys decide that this is another thing that you get drawn to you already have something going on so you don't necessarily have to do something but then all of a sudden you find something else because i know you're in a jazz thing that you've been into involved in for a long time right. and all you well, i don't know let's just talk about that what are you guys involved in else besides this so i do another thing called saul glennon i'd play drums in that and i sing a little bit on a on a album he cut lazy summer evening like last year i sing on like four songs but i mostly play drums and that's kind of like british garage pop um and then um 
I'm another thing called Tom Adams in the Last Resort. That's more like alt country Johnny Cash type stuff. Like I play drums, but it's literally like a snare, a kick, and a floor tom, and a couple cymbals. Are these covers or are these originals? Both. Oh, okay. Both. Um, with Saul Glennon, it's it's mostly originals, and then with Tom Adams, it's it's mostly originals too. But we'll throw like a cover in here and there. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's but. So I have those things that I that I'm doing, and then even last year, I played with uh, an acoustic duo called Bridgetown Junction. Uh, Amanda Walsh did uh, piano and violin, and then uh, Rick. I can't think of his last name. It's a long Polish name, like Stravinsky or whatever. But I don't know. But uh, <laughs> he he plays mandolin and um, and guitar. So I would just kind of really like talk about being laid back percussion. That was really like what I did for that. But that was that was last summer. I played a couple gigs with them. So that's kind of the other things that that I do. And now over to Eric. Eric. <laughs> Is Eric there? He's there. Hello. He's there. I talk a lot. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. It's okay. Um, I consider myself very lucky that. Um, I'm in I'm in this band with Tom, and I also I also play drums in Slap Ensemble, which is the other band. Right. Um, I'm also I am with Freddie. Uh, I'm in I'm in this band as a rhythm section with Fred, and also a blues band called Rockside. So I have a history, and Chris and I have known each other for years through the Cleveland Drum Circle. Um, I played a gig at the Old Euclid Tavern, and he showed up, and he saw me and Freddie playing, and he was like, he had this idea. Uh, in his head, you know, nugget of an idea to like, he he really wanted to start a, a funk band. And when he saw me and Freddie playing as a rhythm section, he, the light, he was like, I got to get those guys. That's my funk rhythm section right yeah. there. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And then yeah. Um, he was looking for a guitarist one day and uh, he's like, yeah, I, got, I think I found a guitarist, man. And he's like, yeah, Tom Zubel. And I'm like, wait, I, I'm like, I already played with Tom in another band. <laughs> But you know, it's like the universe. The universe is just saying, "Yes, my son. Yeah. This is this is how it's supposed to go down." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I've been playing out for thirty some years. I I lived in New York City and Chicago. I've played with hundreds, literally hundreds of people, in all kinds of different bands and situations, different types of music. But then you you reach a point where the people you're playing with are not only outstanding musicians. But they're great, great people, and they're, they're your friends. Right, right. And you look forward to practice because it, you're hanging out with people that you care about. And then what you create in that practice space is just something, you know. I, I've walked out of slap rehearsals or Fatback Mango or Rockside sometimes. I'm also in a punk band, Blue Antidote. Awesome. Um, uh, but you're I, all yeah. over the place. That's so cool, yeah. man. And, and the guys in Blue, An <laughs> I've known the guys in Blue Antidote, Ken Blaze and and Lewis Burns. I've known those guys like 15. We were all part of the Speaking Tongues Collective back in the day. Um, so again, it, it's people that I have a history with, and and I think that that shows in the music when you play that that history brings a, a depth to the music that I think um, a lot of bands, like you were saying, everybody in this band really shows up and brings something to the table for sure as individuals but i i would also add to that because we know each other luke was like i didn't know luke chris saw him play at farnham manor one night and he talked to him and luke showed up at practice and it was just like yeah 
There you go. That's a that, funny story. That, but we'll save that yeah. for when Luke comes in. Here. Well, you guys, and you guys also have a, a, a interesting. Um, I, you know, I've seen the videos on YouTube. That's what I've seen, basically. Okay. But but I think you can kind of get a, a vibe from those. You know, you guys are showing your individual. You know, I've seen you play live. Um, you're pretty. You're you're a pretty reserved dude when you play. You, you have a, such a cool style. Like I love the way you kind of like. You have. You're you're not you're not out there spinning your arm and, and doing anything crazy, but but these sounds are coming out of that thing like it's like, wow man! But you're just so chill and cool. Thanks. How you do it? I think that is so cool to me. You know because it's a, it, to me it's refreshing. I gotta be honest with you, it's a refreshing way to do it, and you have that going on. Virtuoso, trust me. I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. You're you're unbelievable, dude. But then you got a guy like Luke on the keys, who's the opposite. He can he can be very animated when he's playing those things, <laughs> yeah. and 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 he does it really well. His he how he does his whole mm-hmm. thing. That's what I you know. And 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 you're the that jazz guy that's just so dead nuts, perfect, doing things that I don't even know how you guys do that. Honestly, I don't know how you keep some of those times. Always blows my mind when I see the jazz drummers and the and the really great drummers. How you guys keep that thing going, and when you guys go off into those insane time signatures that you can go into sometimes, and you're dead on the balls, and you and you got to have that guy. And that's why you're in other other outfits doing other things with people. People want you in their band because not everybody can do that. That's right, and that goes True. with all you guys. I think that's what you're a collection kind of, Absolutely. aren't you? Kind of yeah. right, really. Like you guys are a collection of that's like you know what we can do this and we we can be really good at it. You know that kind of attitude mm-hmm. because no matter what, to be as good as you guys are, you have to have a certain level of confidence. People might take it as cockiness or something like that sometimes, but that's misconstruing. I don't think that's what it is at all. I always look at it as there has to be a certain level of confidence or else you wouldn't take yourself to this to the levels that you guys are taking yourselves to. True. And, and then you recognize that and then you get together with other guys with the same type of mm-hmm. thing and then this is what is, comes out of that. And I think this is where – I think this is what people miss about Cleveland. They don't they don't see some of the stuff. There's not enough people getting out there and realizing That's that. Right. Look, man, you can go out there and see some like world class type musicians out there who are who are Absolutely. killing it. Yeah. And and you know, Cleveland seems to get snubbed a lot by a lot of bands. They don't want to come here and play. They don't want to come here and play. Well, fuck them. I agree. <laughs> yep. Go out there and see some of these other bands that are that are at, at, better than a lot of the bands that are That's that right. you're not getting to see and. See what the hell's going on out there. And what's cool is there is like a big pool now. And I'm starting to, I think we're starting to see that there's a, a pool of these musicians. And like you guys are doing, you guys, you cross in and you go. So it's not like you have, you're just stuck going to see one genre of music either. You guys are offering, you're like, yeah, hey, you got to mm-hmm. go see some jazz. I got that band too. Mm-hmm, you know, you right, guys, you, you guys right. are like that dude on the corner. Hey, I got that. You know, <laughs> I got jazz. Hey. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And, that, and and it's not just you guys. There's a whole bunch of these guys mm-hmm. out there that are doing it. They're killer musicians. You know, some are older and some are, and some are up and coming. Yep. You guys are in the middle somewhere, right? Yeah. You guys are. <laughs> I'll take the middle. Hell yeah, man. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. But well, I think that's awesome. We, I, th- I think we all came to Fatback Mango because we all do love the funk and the groove of the 70s. And, uh, you know, I don't, we don't do that much in Slap. We don't do that uh, in his punk rock band, you know. But right. we all have a love for that. You know, I, what I really love to do is group improvisation. 
I can't do that in, in this band, nor would I choose to, because it's not what this band's built to do. This band is built to funk out. But that was just what I was going to ask. So this is all like pre-written type stuff that you guys are, are playing. I mean, you guys, you you, you add improvisation to yeah, an already yeah, right. created yeah. structure. There's not basically. a lot of group improvisation, but there, right. I mean, if I take a solo, it could go four times, it could go 20 times, whatever. Right. Um, just a lot of signaling with you guys uh, as, like, as the when yeah. that we're going to stop. Eyes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, we just look and are like, uh-huh, okay, yeah. And then we well, kind of all know when to one part ends and another part's going to be and we come back and bring it all back. And ahead, I would I would say we we have a secret weapon that most funk bands, not just in Cleveland but anywhere, uh, Frederick Patton, yeah, um, man. the general. <laughs> yeah. he, I call him the general. He Cat just, in a hat. Fred and I are <laughs> Fred and I are the older dudes in the band, but he and I came up in the seventies and and we were both steeped in old school funk. Um, thank. Our families <laughs> that was just in the household. Me and Freddie have had this conversation. Like, it was just what was being played. You know, there was Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, Miles Davis, and P Funk, Parliament, Bootsy, and James Brown, and Curtis May. You know, and Fred and I were like, wow, we kind of had the same musical upbringing, and I think that's why we gelled really well as a, as a rhythm section. But Freddie, in particular, he uh, he is. To, 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 he could, you want a master class on, on funk and funk improvisation. And Fred just, it, it's just in his DNA. It's in his being. He just exudes groove and funk and soul. It's just there. And we are so lucky. <laughs> That's I, how it I is. Mean, and then sometimes, too, like, you know, I just got to know, I got to get the hell out of the way. Like, I know when he's going to bring it. And I'm just, I'll sit back and I'll play whatever, and it don't matter. Because he's gonna just bring it, you know. Yeah, because he has a kind of a percussive style of, of bass playing. Yeah, also, that whole funk leads itself to that percussive thing. Yeah. So you actually have percussion, percussion, percussion. Right. So you guys really got to find spaces for each other and that whole thing, right? When I joined this band and I played with these two guys and Fred the first time, I mean, I could have, I could have farted, because. <laughs> This rhythm section is so ridiculously groovy and cool. Yeah. I mean, really, I've, I've always felt blessed. And then you get another, in essence, percussionist, which is keyboards or percussion also. Yeah, say. it's true. So Luke joins yeah. in. And, I, again, I could I have the easiest job in this band. Yeah. With, with all due, you know, I'm showing you respect. But, yeah, it's just great to play with these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that reason alone. They all I think you guys probably each feel that way about the, oh, absolutely. Like, oh, I'm, I'm the, you know, I mean, with Tom, <laughs> you know, like when, when I first got a hold of him and then he came and played, like within five minutes, I'm like, yeah, this is guy. Just bam. I knew it right off the bat. That's awesome. I just, because like when he started playing, I was like, holy shit. I'm like, yep, this guy's going to fit. It works. And I think when you're in bands, at least for me, like if you're trying somebody out or you're jamming with somebody, you'll know in five and ten minutes if it's going to work or it ain't going to work. Yeah, that's true, you know? man. That's true. All right, we're going to take a break, man. Cool. That's our, that was our cool. first segment. We're going to we're going to be losing a couple of you guys, one of you guys too. I don't know. Losing me. Yeah, I know Tom's going to he's going to leave us. Oysters. Yeah, he's got to stuff to do today. <laughs> this, this is the anniversary. I'm just going to put this out there. This is the anniversary of the longest recorded live Grateful Dead song, May 21st, 1974, playing in the band which is one of the greatest group improvisational pieces you will ever hear. There they it don't is. just jack so, it off. They create and recreate for 38 minutes. It's yes. wonderful. Yeah, I was so told. I celebrate that annually with a, with a small gathering, and we eat oysters. Excellent, <laughs> man. Very nice. We'll have fun. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah man. Jerry Garcia. Woo! It's yes. Okay. Grateful to that. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to cut it right there. All right, we'll sure. be back. And we are back. 
and we have some new faces with us. The guys from Fatback Mango have switched out. Uh, the bread on the sandwich has changed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. We first have a really familiar face with us from Campbell Butter uh, on episode four, season one, Luke Fitzwater. Hey. Looking much better without a box around his head, hopefully. Nice. And we, and uh, of course, Luke plays keyboards and whatever. He, he's got, he plays anything that's got keys that's true. attached to it. And playing bass and also just filling in on vocals sometimes on some songs. Fred Patton. Uh, in uh, the first part of the interview, we was uh, referred to as the general, I do believe. Or cat in the hat, too. The cat and the cat in the hat. What's this general? Yeah, they were saying the band that was, that you were like basically one of the most valuable guys in the in the whole funk thing. You are like the master of funk. That's what true. They, basically what they this were saying. True. I, I second that. that. Well, they were basically, <laughs> well, basically the, the vibe I was getting was you have a whole band of uh, five outstanding musicians, mm-hmm. but and th- they're all very interested in the whole funk thing for sure. But somehow, like you are the guy that kind of like sets the foundation for the whole thing, and then allows all these guys to kind of like create what you guys create. Fred's the heart and soul. Yeah. Would you Would you agree, Fred? Come no. on, man. Yeah. Say no. No. Cool. He's very modest. I've watched. I've watched a lot of video. You guys. I will say you are. Entertaining as hell to watch up there funking out, man. Uh, thank you. You can just tell once that once that that vibe gets into your bones, man. It's over with, man. You're. And that's yeah, what I was saying too. Like when 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 he starts ready to do his thing, I just yeah, I get the hell out of the way, man. Yeah, that's the best. See, thing man, these guys. That, that's <laughs> awesome. And and another thing, you know, I was I was saying before was like you know it's like I said for sure you guys are definitely all top. I, I would say at this point, Luke, you got to be considered one of the top key guys. In the area, period. I mean, it, there can't be many, many guys. Hell yeah! I mean, seriously, you nervous. really are. You you are amazing. Keyboard. I gotta step outside. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean I, dude, I'm I watching you it. though do some shit, and I'm like, man, this guy yeah. is incredible, man. Like, uncanny what he comes up with. Uh, yeah, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. We, me and Fred, were just talking about it outside. I'm just lucky to be around dudes like this that have so much more time than me and. Just, well, don't you think that off. you all feel that way about each other, right? That's what we were saying. Absolutely. Like, like to have that, yes. to yeah. have that a level of of talent around you, and and you guys are doing something too. Where kind of like Camel Butter, where you guys were saying you guys can kind of like get into a, a one groove and a one thing, and then you guys can kind of improvise and stuff oh, yeah. mm-hmm. because you guys all have the ability to do that. For yeah. one, mm-hmm. you know, you're a master of that whole improvisation thing. I've seen you do it a, a, a number of times, and and uh, you, you're you're amazing you know you guys the the whole thing you guys do is is super cool now what are you guys gonna do with this thing like what like what do you do with something like this how what, what take over the world yeah world domination get it funkier <laughs> is that the but i mean i'm talking about like are you guys recording things are you gonna put out some stuff or we're yeah. gonna start seeing like fatback mango stuff oh, yeah. yeah we got a single out we released in the beginning of April psychedelic. It's on Spotify, YouTube music, uh, Amazon music, all that stuff, all that stuff. Yeah. We released that in April. We're going to probably release, hopefully release another song by the end of this month. Cause at our practice spot, which is Tom's like his business, Zubo books, Zubo books were in the warehouse, like in the basement. Oh, excellent. It's a great so spot. we got a sound man now. His name's Justin and he out. records out, us like every rehearsal so what 
we're going to do is start recording more stuff, and then I'll go back over his place, do the vocals, and maybe add a percussion thing separate. I don't know. But usually just the vocals, and then we'll release that. The plan is I want to release something like every month. So you're, that's what you want to do. So every every month, put out a single. Yeah. Maybe what about what about video type stuff uh, and getting the visuals of uh, out of you guys? I think that is where. Yeah. Like, let me just say that right now. Watching you guys, even on a video, the, especially when you got the one video where you have like an ATAM type thing where you guys are switching cameras angles and stuff, and you guys have individual cameras on you and stuff, where you can like zoom in on each one of you guys and stuff because that's what yeah, you, yeah, 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 right, yeah. You could sell that shit, man. That you guys are interesting as hell to watch, or fun to watch, and that funk thing. The whole cool thing about funk is that musicians love it because it's so it can be so intricate and be so mind blowing that way, and people love it because you can dance yeah, to exactly, funk, exactly, and, and 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 so it <clears throat> opens up. And that's why I'm thinking you guys could actually do something with something like this because God knows you guys are good enough, right? Yeah, we got, we'll have video like, it, we were supposed, like, we had to cancel, unfortunately. We had a gig uh, that was Market Square Park right across from uh, Westside Market. That was supposed to be, I think, a week or two ago. But what happened was, is the weather and eh, and we didn't really know and hauling our equipment down there and all that stuff. But I had a video guy, name is Mike Pella, who, he plays bass on other bands, too. The guy's a great bass player, too. Um, but he's going to film us. So that's coming. It's just Excellent. we got to figure out whether it's we have a gig in Winchester, I think, in July 8th. I don't know if it's going to be there or Gibbs Butchers and Brews on the 30th of July. Really? Yeah. Like, we're going to, like, he's going to come for one of those and video, just like you're saying. Get some quality video yeah. that we can put out somewhere, a little bit of press to put out on the internet. Yeah, yeah because isn't that, isn't that the way it is now? I mean, like, yeah, put, yeah, just putting out it. a song anymore isn't cutting it anymore. You got to be seen. Yeah. And, and people are going to YouTube now to, to get their music and stuff right. like that. And people like, are, like, live streaming all their practices and stuff. That's extra content. I mean, that, well, that, that got real big. huge now. Yeah, that got real big during the pandemic. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. I think that's kind of fading. I think people are starting to want to get back out there and oh, see totally. live again, man. Totally. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Enough enough of, the, of, of that. But that being said, you guys are still interesting. You know, not every band you watch is going to be interesting to watch is on video. Right. They're just right. not. But you guys have, like, such an individual... You have all your personalities are so different. We were even talking about how how reserved and laid back Tom is when he's up there yeah, playing yeah, the guitar, yeah, yeah. and how he's just so chill. But man, this guy's like he's like killing yeah. it. Like sometimes I'm watching him and I don't even see his hand picking the strings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like he reserves his. Yeah, there's yeah. no energy, and he's like I don't I don't yeah. I do this without ever giving off any energy. <laughs> and oh, but that's but, he does the guitar. But uh, but well. I mean it's so cool, right? Isn't it that cool? And Absolutely. then you got him who's animated. But you're the you're the you're the yeah, man yeah. up there, you know? Yeah. Like you're up there. Like I said, once that stuff starts getting into your like, once that yeah. groove happens, man, you just go. That's it. Yeah, when, you, when, you know, like you got the hat on. It's awesome, yeah, man. man. <laughs> it's awesome. See, what you guys miss is uh. Once I like to walk over to Tom, and once we get going, he does move. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tom, yeah, he does. Miss, <laughs> y'all miss, y'all miss. See, he's standing there being so cool. <laughs> but once, once that funk hit him, he got to move. Yeah, that's what it's like—a contagious thing that goes yeah. through that. I bet you you all. But see, if I get him to move, we get <laughs> them to move. Yeah, absolutely. Because we are—he already got everything moving. Do you guys do you guys show up to practice like ever like just feeling shitty and then like at like thirty seconds into the first song it's like 
Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? Is, it, yeah. is this music like yeah. take all that right? No matter yeah. what, it's just yeah. like gone, to, to right? To speak for myself, I wake up pretty early and work a day job and we have like late night practices. These guys all do the same thing. It's like, but I haven't been doing it for nearly as long as them, I guess. But I mean, sometimes showing up night, it's like late at night, it's like I'm I'm burnt out. And but it's like, you know, you fucking Eric's grooving over there and Fred's doom, 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 doom. And we you know, smoke a little weed, drink a little beer. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's like, you, yeah, it's like you, you're right where you want to be, you know? Is it, is it, is it, are you guys like writing songs like in, in a general sense of writing a song or, or is it, do you guys just go like, like obviously you got a pretty, pretty awesome rhythm section, right? That, that, so does it start there? Does it start kind of there and, and then kind of like grow from there? Like the, the writing has been, everybody's contributed. Like, uh, like there's some songs where, you know, like I always present a template. Like, I'm not, like, a drill right, right, sergeant because right. that's bullshit. Like, in a band, you should be able to have an idea, present it, and let everybody do their thing yeah. on top of the template. And trust the guys to come up with exactly. the Exactly. Well, yeah, that's, that's the biggest, right, the, is the trust thing, right? Yeah. It's it, being comfortable with each other to, to be like, yeah, whatever, man, let right. me see what you got. <clears throat> There's been some things where, like, you know, like, I've written, like, you know, a lot of the new stuff we're doing, Fred's coming up with these insane jams and then we're building off that you know and adding parts and pieces and stuff but like i've approached them with like hey man i just wrote this song key a d sharp whatever blah and then we just jam on it and it works and we build it and it's done one of our songs mango juice it was him and tom luke and tom like and like this keyboard thing and then all of a sudden boom that's a song kind of developed into something I, i would say chris chris like notates a lot of stuff where he has like a song written and like I said, he, he obviously gives everyone the freedom. You know, Fred's got a lot of stuff that he's, like, had as a groove that kind of develops into a thing. You know, like uh, he said about Mango Juice, you know, I had a little groove that develops into a thing. I would say Tom and Chris uh, are both really talented songwriters. That's a whole different uh, skill that I don't really possess, uh, you know, as good as those guys. Uh, and some of our originals, man, I think are really good. I mean, intricate songs that 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 I really dig. That I can I can't write that kind of song myself. Do you play guitar and stuff also? I mean, do you do you, uh, how how are you writing songs like what, what so keyboard? Yeah. So you you yeah. do you play keys also? Yeah, and like my downstairs in my house, I've got because my son's in the guitar playing and drumming. So I've got two drum set, his drum set, my drum set. I got congas, I got a cajon. I sit on and play. I got a keyboard. We got nice. guitar. Um, we got all kinds of stuff going on down there, (laughs) but, uh, it starts with the keyboard. And then what I'll do is like, okay, figure out what the notes are. And I'm like, all right. And then what I'll do is I'll bring these guys and say, Hey, this is my idea. If it needs refined, refine it, you know, do whatever, you know? And, And then it just like, it's just great because then a song forms and it's, when I say easy, it's not because the effort is not there. Right, it's the right. opposite. Everyone's effort that they put into when it makes it easy right. to write songs. And I to, got what you're saying. To add on to that, like a lot of times when like I'm trying to write a song, I'm like over composing it in my head. And Chris has a way of things like keep, keeping things pretty simple in, in terms of composition to where it's like, uh, I'm like, oh, like that's the, that's the, 
what do they call Occam's razor or whatever that the simplest answer yeah, is. Yeah, right, 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 like, right. Oh, right. why didn't I see that little modulation right there? Like, why was I doing all this like unnecessary shit? Like, right to get to some point where it was just one stop. Yeah, that yeah, you yeah. needed to go and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. blessed to be in a in a band with good songwriters because, like I said, you know, I can come up with grooves and parts and stuff, but it's very difficult to write a song that's like good. Like it is. <laughs> well, yeah. it's so so so. So, Fred, do you do do you have recording stuff at your house? Do you do when they says that you'll show up with ideas and stuff? Do you ever just show up with stuff recorded already and and say, hey, I got this little thing, this little ditty, or do you just have ideas in your head that you've already messed with on bass and you're like, hey, what about this? Is that is that or how do you do it usually when you bring it to the table? If I bring a lot of times, I have songs in my head that I've done years ago and I've never done anything with. Oh, so you're bringing out some of the old killer some stuff. Of, that, some I want I. Don't consider myself that so-called bass player that y'all t- saying that I am. Uh, I, you wrote doo doo when you were I'm a teenager, great, right? Yes, yeah, spirit. That was yeah. that was. We were sixteen, and you know, we was in the garage being silly. And I was we, in the band I was in. It was two bass players, the sorry one <laughs> and the really good one. <laughs> I can't believe that, that, but I'll take your word well, for see, it. <laughs> They didn't want to get rid of me because I was the first bass player and I was cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's sometimes good enough, man. Well, we were best friends. You know, it was kind of hard to do that. But uh, the other bass player, he was great. And we all got together, you know, we we got together really well. But in this backyard one day in the garage, we was talking about, you know, people just being themselves. Be you. You know, don't be a follower, you know. Be the leader. You know, be you. Is that how you've lived like your life, just not worrying about what other people think type thing? Or you're just oh, kind of like. I worry about everything. <laughs> Fred says that all the time. If we're hashing out something in practice, if I'm messing with a part that doesn't sound right, Fred says it all the time. Be you. Yeah, be you. Be, yep. That, that'll, that'll get it through, right? That'll get it to where you want mm-hmm. it to be. So we came up with this these crazy lines, and, and the name of the song is The Spirit of Doo-Doo. The spirit of doo-doo? Yes. Sure. And nice. it sounds crazy when you say it in front of somebody and they <laughs> yeah. look at you like, what? what's wrong with you? <laughs> you about to talk about some doo-doo? <laughs> yeah. But the line is, it ain't what your mother do. It ain't what your father do. It's not what your sister do or your brother do. You got to do the things you do when you're doing the doo-doo. <laughs> well, I believe. That's awesome. <laughs> and we, I showed them this little groove we used to do, and they built around it, and we do it now. Yeah. When you guys are uh, switching off like vocals, is it who writes the song basically, who sings it, or do you guys like? As I noticed, some songs you sing, some songs I've seen you sing. Uh, I wouldn't call what I do sing. Ah man, <laughs> doesn't matter. That's cool, man. I love that. I love that. It's I, like, I created that voice. You hear how I talk. And you see how I sound when I'm singing. Yeah, but it's a, it's, but it's effective. It's cool. I mean, that, that's that's a unique vocals. What it becomes, it doesn't have to be necessarily a singing type thing all the time for well, it to I, be effective. I, I, a lot of blues that you hear, a lot of those yeah. blues voices, hell, they're like one step away from death metal. Sometimes there's they, they growl so much. He's preaching. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> yep. Yes, sir. Preaching. <laughs> It sounds like screaming at people, and they let me. That's fun, though. You like doing it, though? Is it fun? You like, oh, you like yeah, I like it? doing it because I like the audience participation part of it. Oh, yeah. And if they're grooving, 
we're going to keep grooving and just get better. Yeah, right. And for sure. That's what that's what feeds it, right? Man, yeah. you start saying that you start seeing everybody doing what they're supposed to be doing and it's like that that's that's what that whole funk thing is to me is a is a feel, man. It's yeah, like yeah, such yeah. a overwhelming difference in in how it feels. Um there's nothing like that. And when they they were injecting the funk into all the different other genres in the 70s and 80s when you were hearing funk all yeah. over the place, it was all over the place. And, man, them songs went from, you know, rock songs to that whole thing that exploded because mm -hmm. of that, that feel that you get from that whole vibe and that whole groove. Yeah. And That's you guys. what happened to me. Is that what happened? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was at um, – I wasn't a big P-Funk fan. I didn't know nothing about P-Funk at the time. But my drummer did. And he yeah, took me to the concert. Amazing. They played one song and I fell apart. <laughs> Couldn't believe it? Like, Oh, no, I knew. I knew I knew that this is what I should be trying to do. Learn how to do this. Yeah, man. So did you have you have you always been kind of doing the funk thing though? Is that always been your like number one no, go to? It's just in the DNA. It's what it comes out as, no matter mm -hmm. what. Lord bless me to play gospel. Oh, so you do also do gospel music also? And do you, do you play for a church or do you play at the church? Uh, not anymore. Uh, the church I attend has a phenomenal bass player. <laughs> Here we go again. So yeah, well, <laughs> hey, exactly. <laughs> That guy's trying to get lessons from Fred, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> this young man at our church is bad. Yeah, that's cool, though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You guys got that in common? You guys, did you guys talk about it all the time in base? I or have, you guys haven't really had a chance to sit down and talk with the young man since this pandemic thing, but that, that time will come. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's going to be real cool. Heck, yeah, man. I couldn't believe he wasn't in a funk band. Like, when I was putting this together, I'm like, how is this guy not in a funk band? That blew my mind. Well, what were you doing? I mean, just rock and stuff like that? Or what What kind no, of bass? I I played in a blues band. So, oh. Nice. I've been in man several blues bands. Oh. I once had a chance to play with a guy called Sun, named, sorry for saying called, named Sun Seals. You know, um, and I had a chance to go on the road with this guy for almost a year. And that was that was phenomenal. Really? So so where did you go? Where did you play? Where are some of the places you were Wherever, in? Um, remember, do you remember? Do you remember? Do you the remember? Most fun one? Yeah, like what was some some of the cool stuff you did? Uh, I, that I got away with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give us a fun tour story. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Uh, well, we was on our way to Nebraska uh, to play. Wow. Yeah. It's already a good story. Yeah, Nebraska. <laughs> good old Nebraska. Last thing I thought he'd say. I'm not supposed to be driving. And my drummer kept playing like he couldn't drive anymore. We're going five miles an hour. So, so he got to whining, talked me into it. As we were driving and pulling up to all the wrecks that was happening, we was in a snowstorm. Oh, There was motorcycles all out there and everything. I'm like, man, it would be nice to get one of them, but it wouldn't be nice to get in trouble by it. I said, like, let's keep going. Uh, yeah, when we got, but what I got away with, Sunset, we did this song, and the people was vibing to it, and I, and they stand sitting there looking at me like I'm a, like, what's wrong? And I couldn't take it no longer. At the end of the night, Sunset's. Oh, so Sun Seals is on one leg. 
know, so getting him back up a bunch of stairs and getting him to come back for encore ain't going to happen. <laughs> right. So he said, the band can do another song. And, okay, we did this song, and they still staring at me like, like, what's wrong? I said, y'all about to be in trouble. So I, I walked over to this girl while I'm playing, asked her to get up and come up on stage with me. I said, I leaned over to her and told her to dance. Her boyfriend looked at me like he wanted to kill me. <laughs> no. So I snatched him up, too. Smart. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very smart. Oh, yeah. Then that got good to me. I snatched up almost 30 people to come up on that stage and dance. <laughs> and got away with it. Got away with it. I, so you had the whole the whole place dancing on stage well, with you guys while yeah, you're jamming, man. Yeah, Incredible. well, see, he went upstairs. He told us we can do what we want. And I thought I was going to get fired for that one. <laughs> but that, that, was, that was a good story, you know. That's awesome. That is awesome. So, I, so, what I, so, so you guys are going to be recording these things at a studio is that what you guys are planning on doing going do you have a studio you go to to record or do uh, you we're kind of deliberating we've recorded stuff so far in the basement we uh you know like we said we have that sound guy we're doing a little bit of multi-tracking that sounds all right uh you know ivan in with jazeel through camel butter at uh akron recording company oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Think about maybe doing something there i think we've talked about maybe doing something at my house we've tried before we have a bunch of options to do yeah a large spectrum of like decent quality cheap to really good quality uh recordings and yeah we want to get into video like we said and get a little bit more content out there uh fatback mango for a while was kind of just practicing and playing live and didn't really have any social media presence or anything really that you could listen to. Thanks, Luke. Um, <laughs> no, but he kind of, yeah, we need uh, to get this. He was like, hey, we need to get I'm like, I agree. Yeah, I think it goes it a long way nowadays to just, like, get a little bit of consistent branding in front of people and a little bit of, like, a recognizable name yeah. and a little bit of something they could click on Spotify and say, this is kind of cool, I'd like to go see a live show, you know. Well, I mean, is it is it something that clicked all of a sudden you guys are like, yeah, you know, we're still together, we're still doing this thing, you know what, let's let's take that to the next level yeah, type yeah, thing. Yeah. Definitely. I, I think we're a really, really, really good band, man. Hell yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. I, for I, sure. You know, I, I'll, I'll say that. You know, yeah, you guys got you got I agree. You have well, you have <laughs> well. I think you have everything in place. Yeah. You know, you have all everything. That the ingredients are all the 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 best of the ingredients. Mm -hmm. You know, going into this one this one thing and yeah, 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 yeah. Through the test of time, you guys realized that uh, the capabilities of what you guys are doing. Totally, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see where you guys take it, though, because because uh, you know that's that's the that's the best part of it, right? Like mm -hmm. like what's not known yet, right, what, right. Yeah. because this is a, this is interesting. There's a lot of funk that's already out there, and there's a lot of oh, things yeah. that have already been done. And you guys don't necessarily want to fall into the same exact niche as something. You want to find your own your own something, and that's going to be the most exciting thing. Totally. And you guys right. can do it if anybody, man. You guys got the, Thanks, the personnel yeah. to freaking do whatever the fuck you want, man. Oh, man. Fearless leader. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. They're like, wow. Between Fred and Chris, I mean, we got two front men in the band, you know? It's like. You actually do. We have three, yeah. really, because Tom also <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got to be honest with you, though, because I was even saying this about you with the other guys. It's like, I think you kind of, you guys can all front at some point something somewhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like like uh when you want when you're when you're when you when the solo's you, man, you take over. Fred Fred really pushed me to do that. I kinda was afraid to take kind of step out solo moments for a while and Fred would regularly at practice like put me on the spot and be like, Go. Yeah. And it's like ah. Well you guys but I think you guys can just take over a, a, a moment at any moment. At any moment 
somebody can take over that moment. You know right, what I mean? Right. And, and, and and I don't even know that it has to be necessarily planned or, or thought out. It just it's a natural thing that you guys seem to have. Yeah. And you guys don't mind putting the other guy out there oh, either. Yeah, you know, that's right. the other thing about mm -hmm. th that makes it work. Right. That, that you guys aren't afraid to say, all right, you know, yeah, I know I'm good, but check this motherfucker. Yeah, out. You know right, what I mean? Totally. Like, fuck it. There you go. Good <clears throat> enough. There you go. Um, so what were we talking about in there? Who was some of the stuff we were just talking about? You so, guys remember? Talking about like improvisation, like, um, within the song. So, on YouTube and on our website, we have a, like a four-minute clip of a song original called Mango Strut. And it's kind of like when I put it out there, Fred was like, what, why'd you choose that one? Because it's, that's the song that like in this little four-minute clip, everybody does their thing. Luke has solo, you know, and like he's playing some outrageous friggin' awesome shit. And then like, but there's a part where it's all quieting down and I just start playing congas. He's like, you hear the percussion? And his cat in the hat voice. And that was my cue, like, oh, I better solo here. And so I just did a little solo for, like, a minute, came back in. And that's the kind of stuff that, like, when, when you play with people for a while, you kind of take those cues that aren't, like, you know, so important. Hey, you, now your turn. It's just something simple, like, here in the percussion. Yeah, oh, right, it's right, It's my right. turn to go, bam, you know. So it's just, but it, with, the, with the caliber of musicians in this band, it's easy to do because everyone knows they're going to get their time to shine and, and do their thing. And yeah, that's, yeah. It's, it's awesome. That song is also a really good, or at least that video of that song that Chris is referencing is also a really good example of kind of a, um, a free form kind of improv jam that had parameters assigned to it. That kind of becomes the definitive version of the way you play something, right? Uh, yeah, based that's the off first of like time we did having that recording. Yeah. You listen back and you're like, "Oh, that's I guess that's how that song's supposed to go." You know, like that sounds like a song. Like, do you when I when I'm listening to you guys play and I see you do some of your your solo stuff, the, the one question I always come up with in my head is, how many things do you have that are like in a bank of in in your brain that you kind of constantly kind of go to and then play off of that? Yeah. Versus, because some of the things you do, even when you're improvising, are some incredible runs. Like they're incredible runs. They're like they're like way from mm -hmm. they start down here. They're like, <laughs> and I'm like, man, he just hit like 80 notes. How does he know which 80 uh, notes to hit there, and how do you do that? So I, I'm curious. Like, how does that that's, work? That's, that's I mean, the one time, not to cut you off, no, but there was ahead. one fucking time I'm watching you, and you're doing this thing over here, and you go, ding. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, right? Not specifically, but I can. Okay, I can, you're, you're I can doing this, and then you go it. ding. And I'm like, this one note yeah. somewhere in his brain, really he was like, it. oh shit. <laughs> I need, I need that, one. that one over one. there, you know? And like, so how do, how do you guys. Especially you when you're doing it. How does that? How do you do it? What, what are you uh, doing? That, that, that's a really great question uh, because it is so subjective from from player to player. Uh, a lot of guys have really great licks that they rehearse and. Uh, they build off of that, but you can not that you can always hear it, and not that it's derivative, and not that that's a bad thing or anything. But I I like don't have the discipline to like run through a licks a million times in a night and try and like really get it under my fingers unless that's like um, a really integral part of the song, right? So like I really you know I'm not like the most uh, the most learned owl or whatever when it comes to theory, you know. I'm really not. Uh, I'm a hundred percent self taught. But you know what he has. I what do I got, Fred? 
what he has is is the ability to hear what everybody else is playing and create over that. Yeah, listening is yeah, open ears is the biggest part. Of, and of absolutely. It. Yeah. But I mean, like, but I guess what I'm saying is, is you understand the keys exact. You must understand like the keys and everything, and how that keyboard. Like you can, you must be able to visualize. Okay, we're in this key, and I know all. I have all these notes in this key available to me, available to me, and and. But you also know, like even the patterns that you're using while you're playing. You're not just doing like a straight. You're like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I want to know, like, what I—that's what I'm saying. Where yeah, do yeah. you pull that from? How do you do that? Um, you know, like, it, I mean, it sounds like a cliche. All the great musicians, is, you know, you're a vessel. You don't really come up with any of it. It sounds kind of lame, but it's like, I mean, if you have open ears and you listen to the great musicians all day, and you listen to your favorite shit, the shit that inspires you, the shit that like really gets you fucking juice in for music, uh, you know, and you have again open ears while you're listening, and then open ears while you're playing, and people are being complimentary, complimentary and supplementary, it's like, that stuff's going to come out of you if you're, uh, if you're going about it, you know, righteously, whatever you want to say. Uh, so it's, like, again, I, I, I'm not, I don't really practice a ton of licks, but uh, I guess I'm thinking about stuff in terms of scale. I guess if I'm trying to get, like, fundamental about what I'm doing. But it's not really anything crazy, man. It's like, uh, again, it's like... Uh, your solo, more of what you're playing in your solo, I guess, for myself, comes out of, like, what the other guy's doing. You really try and key in to somebody else and say, how can I, like, counterpoint what they're doing and not, like... Because your step-out moments, it's like, sure, you have some stuff to say, right? That's, like, what a what a solo is about, I guess, is expressing yourself and whatever you have to say melodically, do da 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 you yeah. know, like, uh, you know, that's your voice, but it's, like... You really, again, it's all, it's it's 100% about listening, I guess, for myself. Uh, again, I don't have crazy licks, man. It's I guess I'm just good at, like, faking it. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, you got crazy. You got, I, I, take it till you make it, right? That's right, what we yeah, got. Yeah, yeah, King yeah. wing it. No, he can't fake the funk. His nose will grow. That's right. <laughs> that's right, man. Can't fake the funk. And yeah, that's yeah. that's what I, like, how, how like, Luke got, how I reached out to Luke. Yeah. There was... Uh, Farnar Manor. I think it's under different. Someone else owns it, but it's it was in out Richfield. in Richfield. And these like kind of hippie people owned it, and it was kind of like commune. People stayed there, came and <laughs> yeah, go, yeah, whatever. It's a hippie. And house. I looked on Facebook, and I'm like, they have an open jam night, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I went the first time, and these guys didn't know really what to make of me because they were all they were younger guys, and I'm, I'm sorry, not young, but. I brought my congas and they're like, oh, okay. And then after the, like the first couple of songs, they're like, I went out to my car to like, I forget, I forgot my phone or something. And they're like, you're not going anywhere, are you? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm staying. And then it was just like jammed the whole night. And the second night, he was there. And so I'm playing congas and I'm listening. And I'm like, I don't know how old he is, but cats that age aren't like Bernie Worrell shit. We were playing Sissy Strut. Uh, actually is the song and they were playing it at the time and that's what he that's what he kind of hit me up about and was like yo you were playing sissy strut uh he just like randomly messaged me on facebook and, yeah uh, i just like i'm dude. like not a super social cat i was like fuck who is this guy oh my god <laughs> and, like, uh, you know and he, he was really cool and he's like yeah come to meet me in this basement or whatever and come fucking jam with, us. <laughs> with a bunch of dudes you don't know right yeah <laughs> No and pressure. I like, I like show up. It's like a little gated, like industrial parking lot, and I meet Tom, the guitar player who was in here, but I didn't know him at the time. I just walk up. I'm like, "Oh, is this the right spot?" And he's like, "Yeah, fucking follow me down into the basement." And it's like, "Okay, yeah. well, I hope my organs don't get stolen." 
<laughs> but like, uh, you know, we oh, had you had all your stuff with you. When this yeah, is yeah, yeah. I had a keyboard or whatever. But uh, you know, the first time uh, they sent me a couple songs. They sent me, um, <laughs> they sent me "The Ghetto" by Donny Hathaway. Great song, no problem with that. Um, they sent me uh, what's uh, "Out of Space" by Billy Preston. Yeah, which I is, said of that. There's a lot going on. Clavinet and organ. Bop, 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 bop. It's it's a really busy song with like a a really integral keyboard part that I'm like, these guys are gonna expect me to show up and be fucking Billy Preston and, <laughs> and so like I was nervous yeah like like I said I'm not you know I don't think not to be a I don't think I'm like you know the fucking bee's knees so like I was like man like I'm outclassed here and I'm nervous uh, but yeah they're all just open dudes that were like you know come back and keep fucking it's and, like and they I, stimulated some growth you know so and when I, I heard that. that when I heard of that uh, and at open mic I was like wow I was like because we were like we either need a keyboard player or a sax. Right, right. Like, we need something else to kind of, like, add to what we got. And I heard him play. I was like, dang, man. That's, he was, like, the first. Like, I was going to open mics and stuff, and I'd hear some people, and I'm like, eh, no. For whatever reason. Like, I just didn't vibe, or it didn't feel right. Right, right. And I heard dang, him play, and, no I was, and I was like, yes. You know, I just said, I just, I, I, I contacted someone there. I'm like, hey, who was that young cat who was playing keyboards last night? Oh, his name's Luke Fitzwater. And I just like, bam. Hey, man. Looking for a keyboard player. You should come jam with us if you want. Cool, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and then, like, you know, in five minutes, it was five, yeah. ten minutes. So, like I was saying before, I was like, yeah. This, this is the first band go. I was ever in. We're still, I mean, how many, like, musicians can say that the first band they were ever in is, like, still, a band still, they're still in that they love being so, in? So, how many years was it? It's been about four? Because yeah, I started, really like, remember. putting this all together. It was, like, I think it was, like, 2000. Like, beginning of 2018, I approached Eric first and said, hey, dude, I want to do this, like, funk band. Um, you know any musicians? You know, I know some people, but I'd go to open mics and, like, eh. And then when he was talking about earlier, like, I went and saw him play, and I saw him. I didn't know who he was. I saw him put on the cat and hat and the sunglasses, and he was like, <laughs> and when anything blues, I was like, Eric, who the fuck is that guy? He's like, that's our bass. That's my bass player for Jared. I'm like, well, guess what? That motherfucker's going to be in our band. <laughs> and then, you know, he approached him. He brought him over. We had a practice spot at Rock and Roll City Studios. I got that. And then it was these three. And then we got Tom. And then we got Luke. So it all just kind of like came together. But it took a while to put together because I was like, I, I want to. I wanted to be with musicians where I wouldn't have to tell them how to play. Like, I just give an idea, and everybody runs with it and does their thing, and they're all cognitive of everybody else's space. And that's what, this, that's what we have, man. It's you know, awesome. you know I, um, when you were talking just now, what, what kind of dawned on me is I think there might be such a, a difference in how the times are. Um, we're, we're a little older, guys, so we remember back in the day if you would have done what you did you would have actually stole that guy from that band to get into your band totally. right that would have been what happened there yep. we're now i think people are just like hey you want to join another band yeah, and they're yeah. like yeah, yeah it's on another band and it's just like and you now you're in five bands instead of instead of hopping bands you just join five right yeah. i think a big part of that is just like the accessibility of music now and like how many people how many local musicians in the scene you can meet via Facebook? Like, you all of a sudden, you know a couple hundred guitar players that, like, yeah, right. you literally so, wouldn't yeah, have known. That's good, it's like, really good point. So yeah. it's so you much more available now. You go right. to a jam night, you network with them, all of a sudden you have, like, this new little subgroup of guys you jam with, and it's like, if you're... You can handle it, like you know. Yeah, if you can sit down and play, then yeah. then there's yeah. there's a lot People of places to play, to man. Band. Yeah, yeah. Like, and just it, that's it's, and that's like building a community too. It's like you know, and people think they're starting to realize that hey, 
it's not stealing. It's like, hey, exactly. man, you know, and like, you know, there's musicians that go play with their bands and their bands. I think yeah. it's more yeah. collective than that, but you're it's absolutely right. Much I more think collaborative. Back in the day, be like, oh yeah. man, that guy stole him. That's bullshit. That's what. That's how it was because right. you were you were just in your band. You right. had a band yeah. you were in, and that's what you were and doing. That was and it, you, and know? you know, you might jam with other dudes once in a while, but your band was your band. Yeah. Exactly. And right. it's not like that no more. People no. are realizing that it's like it's it's easier to just like put on your homies straight up than like play against them. It's easier to be in collaboration with someone than in competition with them straight up. Well, you could right. do a double a co-headliner. You could do a, a gig with four people on it. You could swap in and out. It's like Hell yeah, everyone well, can eat. The, you know? right. <laughs> but the yeah. internet also, what it's done, I believe, is I think these musicians now are, are, are involved in more kinds of music yeah. because of the inter- right. internet also. Yeah. So it's so now you can't get all your, your, your juice out on one band. You got it. You got to join this other band because mm-hmm. this band ain't funky enough. Right. So yeah. I need a little more there, funk. So, like so always discovery going on. That's that's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. So discovery. Constant, yeah. constant you know, now. You can cool. find all this stuff now that you know. Right. Back in the day, you would hear so about. Much. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, like I, one that was one of the coolest things about the internet was when 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 that when everything became available. Right. All the bands you heard about that never really was able to get into because you know you had to own your music. So, so you, you know, all of a sudden you had availability and all these bands became first. It was all new stuff. It was from the 70s and 80s, some of this stuff, but it mm-hmm. was like all brand new stuff that I was hearing right. for the first time. Yeah, then you get man. into the whole discography of these bands because you could. Yeah. You listen to everything. You just right. type it into YouTube. Boom. Yeah, yeah man. Boom. All there. So what's the future like now? What, what are you guys going to be playing out? Uh, gigs this summer? So we got... Uh, Winchester Tavern, July 8th. I think it's a Friday. We're a double bill. I don't think we're... Are we a double bill on that, Luke? We're playing with somebody else, right? Uh, yeah, with the Lobber Brothers, I believe. They're a fantastic band. Uh, they recently are or are about to open up for the average white band. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. nice. That's fun. Yeah, Lobber Brothers are sick. They're Youngstown Cats. They're very cool. Very cool. cool. So, so we got that. Then we got... And I got, I got so much stuff. Like, it's like so much shit up in the air, like with festivals and stuff, like a like Cleveland Garlic Festival. Uh, cool. Um, then there's the Highland Park uh, Porch Rocker in Akron. Uh, you know, hopefully we can do that. We, we got picked for that last year, but like scheduling conflicts, like we couldn't do it. Um, so we've got, I've got a private thing for us, like Matchworks Building and Mentor. Um, they're having like a five-year anniversary. We're playing, that's oh. August 21st. And then I just got confirmation for Collision Bend Brewery September 30th. Awesome. That's out of your so, way. Yeah. So that will be, uh, and like I said, it's just so much stuff up in the air. But those four things or five things are like what we've got solid right now. But I'm always I'm looking. Yeah, recordings, music, video. Just content, trying to put more stuff and more. Every month coming. put something out. And what, and what are they going to, what are they looking up to? to uh, Fatback Mango on Instagram, Fatback yep. Mango on Facebook, Fatback Mango on YouTube, FatbackMango.com. Okay. Oh, yeah, and FatbackMango.com. Yeah. Our on the World website. Wide Web. You got anything to say, Fred, before we head out of here? Come on, Fred, give, give the people something. Uh, you look Fred. like you're ready to say something. I keep something. seeing you about to talk. I'm like, he's about to say something. Well, I could say this real quick. All right. Have you seen the Black Bird? Doing that thing. <laughs> uh, yes. That's a, that's a that's an incoming Fatback Mango tune. Yeah, one it's of one my of favorites. Our originals. Yeah, that's cool. that's the song where we were we were uh, we had a private gig. We were doing a Four City Brewery last August, and that's the song where like 
okay, now nah, we don't want to do that. And Luke's like, no, we are doing it. Yeah, I vetoed it. I thought it was, I still think it's probably our and, best and song. Luke, and Luke, we're like, uh, and Luke's like, I don't care what any of y'all say. We're like, it's our best song. We're fucking playing it. Beep, boop, Oh, then you just started playing it to yeah. force yeah, the it song. We're like, all it's right, force yeah. the hand. Oh, Beautiful. yeah, it was great. Yeah, it's great too. I believe it's about a, oh, it's just a lady a of the night. The black, no. The truth is, it's. It's a story about a friend of mine okay, that sorry. when she's <laughs> in her party state of mind, remind me of a cartoon blackbird crow. The crow. Uh, mm-hmm. Or any female crow. Oh. But it's a cartoon. I got you. And she hey, she's super well, you know, big old crow. Female. <laughs> you know. A big old lady. Yeah. F- fully big old, big old thingies. <laughs> you know. And this picture of a big old cartoon crow partying, dance, she can really dance, but it looks like a cartoon crow to me. <laughs> so I, I came up with the line, have you ever seen the blackbird doing her thing? So that's what it's about. Yeah. It's, it's about, about it's about the crow looking It's about the blackbird doing her thing. And this is why we're never gonna run out of material. Never. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> we're not we're not exactly political, Nobody nobody cares about <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for us. You see Fatback Mango's playing out at a place near you or whatever's going on, definitely check these guys out. Stay out of the real deal. Check us on Facebook. We'll update stuff, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, we will, too, on our our website, too. We'll always have your stuff up there for now. Once you're on, you're, like, in. Nice. All right, guys, we're out. We'll see you later.